Hello, this is Lonneke Talks USA, and I'm Lonneke. Dirk is here. My dog Bane is here. Dirk, you want to say hi? Hi. Uh, hello. And we're going to talk about everything going on. This is a midweek episode. We're going to explain to the Americans what's going on in the Netherlands and to the Dutch people and other people around the world watching what is happening in um, America. Because a lot is going on every day. We could do a live stream every day. But for the people watching, uh, we'll show you a few things that we saw happening in the news. And for the people listening, well, we'll try to describe exactly what is going on. Again, I have the live chat next to me. I see everybody that is joining. And uh, thank you. Welcome. And I'm also going to um, talk to you about my sweaters and t-shirts. If you want to support me, they're here as well. Cancel, cancel culture. We cannot let this mob cancel people just because they have a different opinion. That's not cool. So we're not part of it. We're actually part of the cancel, cancel culture movement. Also, I want to thank the people that have supported me through PayPal, including Melanie. Thank you so much. And all my, my lovely patreons or patron patrons on patreon i'm actually thinking maybe i should do a special chat live chat only for my patrons but patrons on patreon if you're interested in that let me know and let's get down to business let's talk about what's going on so the netherlands was in the news this week because there's this curfew right here in New York City, we don't have a curfew. We never talked about it, even though we had a lot of people um, ill. I don't think New Yorkers would accept it. And a curfew is really only used for if there's imminent danger. Like, for instance, when we had the riots and it was dangerous on the streets, we had a curfew at night. First, it started at 11 p.m. and then it was 8 p.m. And it was just two or three days just because there was danger on the streets and the police needed to clear house. And people understand, but we also now see that that um, the Netherlands just suddenly out of the blue, they already have a tough lockdown. Prime Minister Mark Rutte said, I want a curfew because all these you know, stories uh, strain this, strain that, you know it. And um, it's interesting because he resigned not too long ago because of this huge scandal that still hasn't been solved. It's been lingering on for years already, these tens of thousands of people, the tax authorities went after them and uh, a lot of racism was involved as well because based on their col the color of their skin and their background, they were checked thoroughly. And if something was wrong, even if there was a missing uh, signature, you had to pay back all the subsidies that you had received for your children. Even though you didn't receive it actually, the subsidies, you paid it for care for your children. But still the tax authority says, yeah, we don't believe you, pay everything back. So what happened was tens of thousands of families have uh, gone bankrupt. They Their relationships were not great. Some divorced. Um, we have suicide. We have kids that had to leave the homes. Um, total financial chaos. People having someone managing their finances. So you have to actually ask someone, can I please... Uh, pay this bill can you please allow me to pay this bill so you're totally your whole life is taken over and it's a really sad situation and it's not only sad it's disturbing because it's kind of these people feel like they were in um in kind of um, imprisoned at home uh no social life anymore their kids out of the house um 
the, the tax authorities telling them they were criminals. But in the end, nobody was, nobody, there's only 96% of people did something wrong. And uh, sorry, excuse me, 96% of people didn't do anything wrong. So only a small percentage, maybe there was an issue, but that means that tens of thousands of people were, um, you know, they were falsely accused. Falsely accused, and we're going to talk more about it. But this was such a big deal in the Netherlands, and the Prime Minister Rutte didn't want to resign, or did, it didn't feel like it affected him, even though his Rutte doctrine, which is a special name that was um, came out this past year. Uh, made this all happen that the tax authorities could just chase and go after people and hunt them down and uh, it was terrible but he has resigned so we don't have a, a, we have a, a resigned cabinet a resigned minister and that usually means we have elections coming up on March 17th that they are not allowed to do anything that's rigorous or that's controversial they just have to keep ongoing business going but for out of the blue he wanted a lockdown, meaning people after 9 p.m. had to stay home for the rest of the night. And many people felt like, uh, okay, it's 9 p.m. Um, normally I would stay home, but I don't want them to just tell me that I'm not allowed on the street. And of course, exemptions if you have to work or if you have a dog, but it's just not fair. So people feel like my freedoms are being targeted. So there is this group of people in the Netherlands that went to court. They followed the official way to do it if you're not agreeing with the government is you sue them and you go to court. And this judge said, this curfew is illegal. There's no law. You didn't, uh, it's not allowed because the law doesn't dictate that this is possible. So you have to immediately um, lift it. So they were very happy, this group. And in the Netherlands, they're trying to make these people um, like they're the, you know, they they uh, demonize them. But if you listen to the court case and everything, they they have a point, and it's basically um, that this prime minister Rutte that's resigned, who is resigned, he is forcing things on people based on what. There's no science. They even agree there's no science to what what is a lockdown and what does a curfew do. There's no science, but he still did that. And the guy who testified even said it's it's not a science. It's more of a gut feeling. Yes. Yeah, so that's why we have a curfew. So the judge really looked at it and said, no, this is not okay. What happened then is like the biggest shock for many people, and I think many people in the Netherlands are waking up. But what happened was an extreme uh, show of power, uh, maybe abuse of power. But in the morning, this this um, we have this thing in the news. So the curfew had to end. And then within a few hours, the prime minister arranged to have um, an appeal and an em emergency injunction happen, um, put in place. Meaning that within a few hours... They managed to get together three um, higher court judges and to have a proceeding where they all had to show up. And then they um, basically challenged the court because the judge didn't sound very uh, unbiased. So they, they wanted to challenge the court. They also found people to discuss this challenge within a short period of time. Then they had this proceeding and then when you followed it, we could follow it on a live. Um, and 
what happened there was so crazy because what they wanted this uh, verdict to be postponed until they can discuss the whole case in depth. And this had to happen before 9 p.m. So people could then still have a lockdown and not that there w- wouldn't be like a yo-yo effect where it would be opened up. And then maybe because they pushed it to Friday to have this in-depth conversation about the case that uh, then it would be closed and open and it would be terrible. But they managed to just decide within a few minutes. They went away. The judges came back and at 20.35 p.m., which is 8.35 p.m., um, they came out saying, yeah, we're going to postpone it until Friday because we have um, this one side of the, 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 how do you say that, the defendants and the uh, prosecution... Well, how do you say that? Defendants and... Um, anyway, so both parties, they have different uh, reasons why they want it or not want it. So doesn't matter. this judge that first gave this verdict, he did an in-depth conversation and he looked at the laws and everything. But this court, suddenly within a few hours, it seems like Prime Minister Rota has these people on speed dial. I know for myself, if I have to appeal... I have to wait years to get it done. And normally, and even lawyers say that that are very well uh, respected in the Netherlands, normally if you want to do an appeal to um, a verdict, you ha- it takes a few weeks. But no, Prime Minister Rutte, resigned Prime Minister Rutte, could do it within a few hours. But that's if it's urgent. If it's urgent, it's within a few weeks. Normally it takes months to years. With with Lonneke's... We're involved in a court case because Hon- Lonica's horse got uh, mutilated by somebody else. And the the appeal took at least two, three years. Yes, before you can actually... And then it's whole proceedings, in, you know, back and forth. It takes forever. I'm in this court case for seven years already. And then the ruling, y- you would figure if they already take two, three years to to look into it, they can give you a ruling right away, but no, no, no. This no. was an in-between ruling, so it's we're still not at the end of this. But I'm pretty jealous that this uh, Mark Rutte can uh, call someone on speed dial and say, "Hey, I don't like this verdict. We need to uh, get these lawyers to uh, these judges together, and we need to stop this right away." Because also, the what this judge said during the proceedings, she also. Um, said the wrong name for this team. It's actually Virus Truth. She said it was Virus, what do you say? Madness. Madness, <laughs> which was maybe what the media called them in the beginning, and they changed their names a long time ago to Virus Truth. And um, she didn't She didn't really want She said it's not an in-depth conversation. We're not going to talk about the case in-depth. But then they had this expert that was called in, Van Dissel, when I Google it, they asked me, you are looking for Vin Diesel. No, I'm not looking for Vin Diesel. I wish I was looking for Vin Diesel. It's v- uh, Van Dissel. And um, he every time he has a um, prognosis, it never comes true. So even though the judge said this is not an in-depth conversation, we're not going to talk about the details of this case. It's only about if this verdict, if we should postpone it or not. They, she let this expert talk. But if we now look in depth into the relationship between the judge and this expert, they know each other. And that's very interesting. Um, they are both working on a council 
and um, they must know each other. So that is already a, uh, a reason to challenge. And not only that she is biased the way she was talking, she didn't want the other party to speak and she was a little rude and she was like, I'm in charge. And um, the other side could talk. And in the end, she ruled that within a few minutes coming back, you know, from a discussion with the other judges that, yes, one side won, but we have a very quick uh, appeal in two days or in three days on Friday so to avoid this yo-yo effect, we're going to uh, postpone the verdict because that judge said it has to be immediately lifted, this curfew, and even appealing will not be a reason to postpone. But they overruled it because, you know, the, the government is more important. And this is ru ruining the Dutch court system tremendously, the, the faith we have in the court system and justice. It's that just the prime minister when he doesn't like a verdict that he can just call a, a people, a court to just come up uh, show up within a few hours, within a few hours. And it's not about if you like the curfew or not. It's just that the normally you have the court system. When you don't like something, you go to court like this uh, virus truth did. And, a judge rules and if you don't like it like i didn't like my first ruling in my case you appeal and then you have to wait and wait and wait it's like normal but it shows that the dutch government is above everything and they can just with a pick up the phone and they can just call and just arrange this so many people are shocked upset and it's not even about if you like the curfew or not but then also the curfew there's not much science like i say here we don't have any curfew and new york has been hit it's like does one of the it's one of the worst states in America, and since Joe Biden is president, we kind of see that everything is being lifted again. It's very political, it feels. But if you asked people, and that's also what this uh, virus truth did, they asked the people like, "What do you have a science to prove that the curfew works?" Or and they couldn't say that because they implemented a few other rules, like you can only go and visit people with one person a day. So you cannot have more people than one a day at home. And uh, we don't even have that in New York. So it's a very much political decision for the government to do that. And yes, there will be different strains. We also have that. But you know that the elderly you have to protect. And um, you have to try to ha normalize life. Here, at one point, they realized we need to have people meet each other. So they have these outdoor indoor dining now they have these outer terraces that they closed off the whole winter they made it really cute with a heater and a blanket and you know people are coming together and sit you know and the restaurants are trying to survive and we're, we're shops are open but the netherlands everything is locked down and i experienced it a little bit was because i was there for a few weeks at the end of the year uh, of last year so but I, we left just before this curfew happened and there are a lot of people in the netherlands that really are uh, afraid of the virus and i don't think that the government is it's feeding this 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 fear and they think really if everybody's staying at home it will everything will be fixed and everything will be fine but now what is, what we see happening is that we see that in the netherlands we have so 
the prime the uh, Mark Rutte, the PM, the uh, resigned PM, doesn't want to wait until Friday because maybe this this uh, these three judges that are going to come back and discuss it uh, in depth. In that they that they're going to maybe not agree with um, um, the first judge, or they agree with the first judge, and the curfew will have to be eliminated. They right away rushed home the same day or to the parliament, even though it's in recess because the elections are coming up. They don't have any debates right now to write this new law that is covering the curfew, and also the king, King Willem Alexander, was right away there to sign it. But there's also things that we see already with this law that is crazy. There's no date. There's no time. Like it's it's there. It doesn't state any time. Like from what time to what time is there a curfew allowed? That means that they can basically just tell all the Dutch people to stay inside every day for a period of time. It doesn't say an end date of the curfew. And uh, we have. But is it even? If, is the law even COVID specific? Is it only for COVID? No, there's things that people don't like. And that's why, for instance, uh, we have 150 members of parliament. And one of them is Femke Merel van Kote Arissen. She started her own party called Splinter. And Splinter is, um, she's asking to uh, make this law controversial because they're going to have a debate about this new law. But when it's considered controversial, that means that the current um, cabinet and resigned prime minister cannot decide on it and they have to wait until after the elections because it's so controversial. But of course they're going to push it through. But the amount of abuse by the people that are in, not in power um, to get this done is just really... Um, Astounding. It's, yes. And peop, that's it's not even if you care about the coffee. If, if there's really science that says... Curfew really works. Of course, people will listen. But this is just like, it feels like a power uh, trip that the government is on in the Netherlands. You see all these countries around us that don't have it. And also, when you fly to New York, you now have, um, you have to do a test. But it could also be uh, like a rapid test, I believe. But now if you have to go back to the Netherlands, it's the only country that asks two tests to be done. One... uh, PCR test and one rapid test four hours before you leave. So it's the only country they have this. I feel like they um, have this misplaced feeling of we need to be superior and better than all the other countries, even though every decision they have made under Prime Minister Rutte over the past years is the opposite. They didn't talk about more beds, more capacity of nurses. Even nurses asked, we want to help out. They didn't um, get any work because they didn't hire them. No more capacity in beds. And also this prime minister, he's been there for 10 years and under him, 70,000 jobs were lost in the healthcare sector. If you didn't lose that and if you and if you lost it and you the past year you spent time actually growing um, the beds and the amount of nurses, then... We people wouldn't have to stay inside because there was enough capacity for this. There were enough beds or enough, and it's the same issue that in New York um, they really worked on getting more beds. That's also what President Trump was working on, and he delivered. But they weren't. It's better that to keep them open and nothing 
you know, there's no need for them than when you actually have the whole country locked down and you're missing those beds. Also something they don't talk about in the Netherlands, which they do in America, is medication and ways to treat the, the disease or to help people. And we have, there's a lot of different um, medication that have come out so far that have been either emergency approved or that show very interesting results. Um, there's plasma, there's, you know, all these things I don't have to mention. But in America, if you fall ill, there's a lot of options. Even in hospitals, they have like, um, they tell people to take extra vitamin D and all these. There's a whole regimen that you can take if you want to avoid a serious disease. So... They, they guide you through it. I haven't heard any of that in the Netherlands. It's only like, we're going to be locked down. People have to stay home, cannot interact. And you have to socially distance. And all these stores and all these businesses are going bankrupt. And the only thing that can get us out of it is a vaccine. But then we also hear that the vaccine now already, there's new strains and maybe the vaccine is not working. So you have to wear a mask and you have, to, so when does this end? I don't know if it's ever going to end. If you let the government do whatever and they, and the thing is Americans are more, they think for themselves a little more in the Netherlands. They really hope that, yeah, we're still the best country, right? The government, why would they do something that's against our best interests? Uh, you have to think you're being staying at home for such a long time. So maybe you should think for yourself. But unfortunately, many people think that this prime minister is doing a great job. And even though they're missing so many pieces of the puzzle that we have, at least in America. In America, you see that there's different states that do well. Like Florida, everything is open or in many places things are open. And uh, people are trying to live a normal life. A lot of people wear, walk around outside without a mask. And why are why is Florida doing well, even though it's the third most populated state in America? And why are California and New York doing so bad? And um, it's interesting to see that if you see different states within America having a different approach, you really can compare it because it's all America, but everybody has a different Every state has a different governor and the governor here makes the decisions of the COVID response. So you can really see which governor is doing a great job and which one is not. And one that is ends up being not a good one is Governor Cuomo. We can talk about it in a little bit. I also want to say if you have any questions or you want me to, I, I forgot, forgot something that you want people to know, please uh, say it in the super chats. But we're, I'm just going to continue to talk about the things I know, the things I saw, and the questions I have. But it's really weird that in the Netherlands that there's such a tight curfew and that people are okay with it. Of course, they have polls that they influence people. The official polls are always like, yeah, a big percentage supports the curfew. Because people really think it makes a difference. But the science is not there. So how do you know? And then if you do it on Twitter, there's like 80% that, um, that doesn't like it. So it really depends on who you ask, of course. That's always the thing with polls. But the sentiment of my friends and family in the Netherlands is that they are they just don't know how to stop this government from doing this. How to, you know, they have to go back to normal. And all the parties, you know, the elections are coming up. All the parties that are trying to... Um, show resistance they are being demonized in the media and then suddenly these these stories come out about racism they did the same with president trump in a few you know the past years 
whenever they don't want something to talk about or they always come out with either racism or bigotry or anything that's negative. And of course, um, racism is uh, a very good one. If you're racist, that's terrible. So you um, that's being used for... But even if it's not even true or maybe their own party had the same issues, you don't talk about that. Only about the ones that are fighting the government... Uh, yeah, I want, want to go back to normal. That's what we see in the Netherlands. But there are some good people that are standing up, even though there may be one, they only have one seat in the chamber, um, like Femke Meryl van Kote Arissen. And it's interesting that for me, it's really going to be a decision which party stands up for justice and for um, the Rechtsstaat, which is... Yeah, the, the Dutch constitution, just the law, the law of the land. Um, the party said, just let Mark Rutte do whatever. I'm not going to vote for them. That means that there are a few parties left. And they're, it's very interesting to see that they are from all walks of life. Uh, middle party, like the PVV, which some say is very right. But actually, they are very social in the middle conservative. And then we have Forum for Democracy, which is actually more right-leaning and more progressive in a way um, than the PVV. And then we have, for instance... Before you move on to this subject, let me quickly show this. So this is the uh, daily change in COVID cases. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is New York. You can just Google this. So yeah. it's the peak. It's going down. And now here we have Florida. Florida is completely open. The peak, and it's going down at the same rate. Okay, so you say it. there must be other reasons why uh, New York has a higher count and they're locked down, and no, then Florida is open, and they are in average lower. Down. Yeah, but they're also... Florida is lower. Yeah, but, but they have Florida has never been that high, because most likely because it's more spread out. Well... No, it's a very populated yeah, yeah. state. So, um, but you see, it's because it's not locked down, it's more less extreme, it seems like. So, it's also part of health is not staying at home. It's I spoke to someone that has been inside, locked up in a nursing home over a year. Family has not been able to visit. This is crazy. If you don't get sunlight, if you don't get fresh air, if you don't get to walk, you will deteriorate quickly. I mean, you yes, you have to rest, but for a year, this is crazy. But um, yeah, so they're asking for this court to be uh, this this law to be controversial. I don't know if they're gonna vote for it, but I'm definitely gonna watch all the parties. The other thing I was saying, for instance, that party that I just said, the smaller one, the Splinter, that's coming out. They're more progressive, left leaning. So it's not about what what your affiliation is, what 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 you believe. This is really about. Do I want to protect the law of the land or do I let the king and the prime minister, the resigned prime minister do whatever they like? Because if, imagine that you have to go to court like myself and then if you have to wait so long, you have to pay the lawyer and it's costing a lot. And if you can just, I want to have this court on speed dial that I can be like, hey, uh, can you please uh, take care of this case? But of course, I'm a normal citizen, so I can't. And the other thing is with this Toeslagen affair, which was the affair of the child care subsidies, that's uh, the reason why Rutte resigned. 
that is still not taken care of. Over a year, this one um, secretary named Van Huffelen, she has been working for the parents to get their the money that the government stole um, back. And um, she has made over $150,000 probably. But those families have not received any penny. And they keep saying as like this thing for the... Um, you know, the, the, the elections coming up. Yeah, they're going to get help. And no, these people are still in a very, very bad situation. And it doesn't seem like most parties and these people take it seriously. But oh my God, if if a judge tells Mark Rutte that it's illegal what he's doing, no, then everything can be arranged within a few hours. So just think of that, how that feels for, um, you know, for the, the way the country feels. It's... And it's just um, double standards, but it will only, if, if he wants to be a prime minister for four more years, and the polls, of course, they say that, he's, that he still has a lot of seats, but it's, we, it's, um, I think it's unbelievable that he can do such a bad job that everything in the Netherlands over the past 10 years, I also made a special video about the Netherlands over the past years, um, talking about how it deteriorated. And I w talk about that it's a narco state, the Netherlands is, and it's a tax haven. And the healthcare, it used to be social healthcare, really great for everybody. It's not like that. It's It, it doesn't matter. Every country has its flaws. Yeah. The, the thing that annoys me a little bit, uh, being in the US, is that everybody always talks about Holland, like, oh, it's amazing. It's sort of a utopia. You get free money, you get free this, you get free healthcare. Healthcare is super good, blah, 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 blah. It is not like that anymore. Just be honest. If You cannot work on your flaws if you don't admit them. And that's the biggest issue in, in Dutch government right now. There are a lot of flaws. So admit you have a flaw and start working on it. Make it better. Yeah. And then also the Netherlands has a lot of homeless people. I see you talking about it, but it's uh, New York is as big as the Netherlands, and the amount of homeless in the Netherlands per uh, percentage-wise is much higher. So why is that? We all think all, all over the world that it takes such a good care of its citizens, but it takes good care of refugees or people that uh, are uh, illegal immigrants. Um, everything, healthcare, everything is being paid, but then. Um, the people that are living there, they are suffering the consequences, either paying higher taxes or they're not getting that house, they're not getting the health care they need. I saw that Dirk was showing uh, Mark Rutte. What people like is that he's so normal. He always bikes to his work. And yes, it's great that he can do that, but we have the opposition leader who has been under uh, strict security for over, I don't know how long it is, 12, 16 years, a very long time, because... Uh, people threaten him. And that's the situation in the Netherlands. I don't even know in America if it's that bad that politicians need 24-7 um, protection and that they need... Uh, and then we also had Pim Fortuyn, the leader that was doing really well just before the elections, murdered. And that was about 18 years ago and the murderer is already free. So that's what the Netherlands is as well. But Americans, they don't know that. And I also experienced myself. I wish I could just be a proud Dutch person, but I ha also have uh, experienced that they wrongly accused me and it opened my eyes to what they're actually doing. And it's really terrible. But 
you know, if people still vote for this and for these parties that uh, that do this and that you know uh, hurt these people and these families, and then it will never change. So, but the media is just like the media was against Trump here, and they love Biden. We're going to talk about that as well. Um, the Netherlands is all pro Mark Rutte, and maybe also because he's best friends with the king. We don't know, but I think that has to do with it as well. And it's, um, yeah, it's just terrible that the curfew, if you have any more questions about the curfew or something that I'm missing, let me know. But the, yeah, I don't think the curfew is really working. Curfew should only be working, it's only for an imminent danger. If something like an, like 9-11, for instance, they need to clear out the space, then you can do a curfew. But the way the Nellis is just using these freedoms, like, yeah, but the virus, yeah, people are afraid because of the government that is not giving them a future or something to look forward to. They, every time it looks better, they say there's a new strain, you have to be home, you cannot do this. They have the police giving people tickets, a lot of money. Um, if they are on the street at night and the police is, is, is uh, being used for it, they let them uh, use them for that, even though the police should be there only for... Um, you know, um, to go after burglars or, um, you know, people that commit crimes. But this is crazy. This is regular people that are being treated like that. But it's not only in the Netherlands. In Europe, you see that in different countries. It's, um, yeah, very extreme. And in America, because there's still, whatever happened with President Biden and President Trump, um, there's still, like what Cuomo is going through right now, the Democrats and Republicans all are going after him because of the nursing home deaths that were uh, that happened under his watch. He actually signed an executive order telling sick people to be sent to these nursing homes. And that costs so many lives that he's, he's now getting a lot of scrutiny for it. And it's possible that he has to... Um, um, respond to it maybe in a proceeding or investigation criminal investigation we don't know but people are asking for it here and at least you hear like with that uh, that you know if you're a politician and you do something wrong the justice system you can still go to court and you can still even go up to the supreme court but it's a little more separative feel and you can still if you're a politician and you did something wrong you can um, it's still possible that you pay for what you did, but in the Netherlands, all these these government officials that hurt these families, the the the, the prosecution, um, what did they call it? The public prosecution didn't want to look into if any criminal facts were done. So now the, these families have to go through the civil justice, I said, civil court to get the public prosecution to investigate. And this public prosecution is very easy. But they, when people ask them, please investigate this, there's a crime being committed, please investigate. They're like, no, we don't want to do it. They're very easy with that. But then if it's, for instance, opposition party that, sh that maybe said something, a question, asked a question that maybe was not great, but it's freedom of speech, right? Then they go after this person and for six years and because then, of course, the court system takes forever. So it's definitely the double standards that's being so visible to everybody. And people are like, yeah, but you still have to live your life and be happy. And I had an, a little discussion this morning. But 
Dutch people want to just sit back and be like, yeah, but I just want to live my life. I cannot live my life like that. But I personally feel that if I know that my neighbors or people like me that are normal citizens being targeted, I don't want other people to have that. And when you stay quiet and you don't speak up, then more people become a victim. And then the government thinks they can do this. Well, you can do that if it's an incident, but they already proved that this is not an incident. Incident. This is a structural thing that's going on in government yeah. in Holland. Yeah, this is a tactic. This is a, um, a way of doing business in the Netherlands. And they don't care about citizens and their lives, apparently. So many Dutch people... And this is also, I think, what you saw in the war and also what now... I saw actress Gina Carano was, um, she said she was also making that comparison, which from what I heard from my grandparents and, in, and or my mother um, in the Netherlands is that people, when you stay quiet and you just let this happen to fellow citizens, um, if you try to stay out of it, it's actually, this is how they could get all these people rounded up to and be deported because either neighbors would call would snitch on them or they would be quite like i i'm trying to live my life i don't want to be involved with this and that's how many people die because you didn't speak up and it's unfortunate we're in that situation again where if everybody let the government do whatever you get the situation with these um uh families that that lost everything what why because they got i don't know they are in politics either to serve the country or serve the people. And they make a mistake. And instead of fixing it, they are covering it up. But I don't see why. It, it, maybe it's just job protection or whatever. But I think your job is even better protected if you just admit that you made a mistake and make it right as soon I, as possible. You want to hear my honest opinion? Yes. Well, we... We're the Netherlands is part of the EU, the European Union, and the Netherlands used to be a very strong country. And to make all the countries more even, you need to strengthen the weak ones and to um, weaken the strong ones. So I think that's what's happening with yeah, the but Netherlands. but they also weakened the weak ones. Because they want something to happen that can never happen. Because they want one United States of Europe. And... The thing in America, it took a long time, and even we had a war, I believe. Um, then it, it, it would make sense if they go after people that have a lot of money. But the opposite is happening. They're going after people who already have very little. They're going after companies who already who, who are already struggling, and they are strengthening the companies that are already very powerful. I think that's also... It looks like they want only a few big companies... Uh, to survive and then everybody else maybe on welfare because if you see what's happening in the Netherlands and also in America um, many small businesses have suffered but then the few big ones they have done tremendously and they have become richer and richer and they it's um, you know it's it's like they don't care they people are gonna die either way whether it's a lockdown or not um, and people are gonna suffer either way and how the virus came to America and Europe, that's something you can investigate and um, have your conclusions. But the, the, the thing is that either way, people are going to suffer, but they don't want to accept deaths from COVID. They only want to accept deaths and 
killing of businesses and the totally, you know, depression of the whole society. But on you, the know, other side. you know, I really don't like conspiracy, right? Yeah, but it's not a conspiracy. No, no, it's no. just what we see happening. Yeah. So the the I, I'm always trying to make sense of stuff. Just like last week when we were talking about. Uh, Dutch politicians that really cleared my mind. So I'm thinking about this out loud now. And it, it if you take stuff away from people, you're forcing them into labor. It it's, sounds very far-fetched, but it's actually what's, what's happening. Uh, they cannot own stuff anymore. And I really don't like the whole Great Reset thing because I think there's a lot of conspiracy surrounding it. But... Y- you would almost think that that's exactly what they want to happen. They are forcing people in debt. They keep people, uh, they're forcing that. That way they're forcing them into labor, even though they shouldn't have to work 24-7. Um, they are not able to own anything anymore. So they have to either they lease it or rent it. Uh, so that keeps them on the hook every month, basically. That forces them to make uh, to, to work more again. It, it's almost like they are trying to turn everybody into a lifelong paying paying consumer. Somebody who they're forcing you into taking a subscription on life, on living. Yeah, we already have a subscription on the government with paying taxes and everything, which is also becoming more difficult every year with all the extra things and uh, it's um, and also in America we have uh, they want stimulus checks and stuff but the few hundred dollars that people are going to get a few thousand it's not going to cut it you know it's people are and the thing also in the netherlands and also in america is a lot of middle class families they have had some savings and the first thing they do is in times of need you take up your own savings and you use it but you see it in the netherlands where people are like saying hey i tried for a few months to pay everything you know the rent even in netherlands they don't even i don't even believe they have um, like what we have here, frozen rent and frozen. Do you remember that there in the Netherlands there was nothing like frozen rent or something, right? That the, they no, freeze the rent. If, no, the, if 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 a landlord is uh, willing to help, they freeze the rent or lower the rent. But I don't think there's any government interference in that. Yeah, in America at least there is. So all these businesses, many they at one point have to pay the bill. So many will eventually go out of business if the landlord is not going to be lenient. But um, at least the government stepped up and said, we're going, and it's been over a year, like you don't have to pay the rent if you cannot afford it right now. Um, it's not a solution to everything, but at least it gets It's not it. a solution at all because it's not it's not gone. They just move it forward. Yeah. But at one point they have to pay, and if they don't ease into that, they, so all those people have huge debt right now. They're yeah. screwed for life. So... There has to be a solution for that. This isn't working. This isn't a solution. This is a band-aid. This is literally putting your head in the sand. It's not working. Yeah, and I think we have to look at places like Florida where they're like, we're going to protect the vulnerable. Governor DeSantis is really doing, people love him. Um, If you see Florida, it feels like you're watching a movie from back in the day because you see people out together without a mask, living a normal life. For instance, on President's Day this Monday, um, Trump had a big rally that's, I mean, not a rally. It was just people lining uh, the streets and 
they were just there with flags and supporting their, you know, preferred president Trump. And he was going, I think he was coming back from golfing or whatever. He, he's totally spending a great, you know, his time in um, Mar-a-Lago and, and golfing. And he's not dealing with everything right now. But um, it's just that, that, that it looked like, you know, back in the day. And then if you see Florida numbers, they can do it. So we have to learn from that. But it's... I think that what we're seeing in the Netherlands is kind of the Stockholm syndrome. That means that people, you see that also with people that have been abused or in a, you know, abusive relationship, they hope or expect for their perpetrator to be the one that can save them. And in the Netherlands, the people that got them in the lockdown and got them scared and got them you see that many people still want to vote for them because they're hoping, yeah, they say, yeah, but he, but he's looking like a very reliable person. So they're basically thinking he's going to be their savior, even though all the trouble that the Netherlands has right now is because of this bad leadership. And I can have a whole list of the things that he did. Also, everybody needs to be tested. And it was a big thing. You need to be tested if you are... Um, if you uh, have been in close contact with someone. And then he said, like, just easily, he said at one uh, press conference when someone asked, have you been tested? No, I've never been tested. But he's been with, even he was close in close proximity to Macron, the French leader, and he, when he had COVID. And still he wasn't tested. And he said, yeah, but if you don't have any symptoms, you don't have to get tested. Even though the Dutch government says that if you... Even if you don't have any symptoms, you can spread it. And then you have to test yourself if you've been close proximity to someone that has it. So he himself is above the law. That's clear. But still in the Netherlands, people feel like he's their savior. So in the end, if if some people think that the elections will be postponed, they will find one way or another to get it postponed. But it would be March 17. And people hope that it will be done fair and square. And I'm, I, I know that I can vote from America, so I'm going to do that. But I don't know what's going to happen. Um, it's possible that many people, that if he would be voted in again, then they suffer from Stockholm Syndrome. They think that he's going to save them, even though he's the one that got them into this strict lockdown. Which, if you look around in all the other countries, other states, it's not needed. There's no science. And maybe it's actually... Uh, not as good for people because people need social contact. They need to be out in the air and, you know, to have a healthy lifestyle. It's some people just want to go for a walk at night before they go to bed. It's very healthy. So yeah, that's my opinion. I don't know how you feel. It's, um, but years ago, I also thought that the same, that, that, that Mark Rutter was, um, you know, reliable person, but I've seen so many mistakes and what he did with the Rotter doctrine and that he doesn't want to keep a record of what he does. And he always forgets things when people ask him. It's just, it seems shady to me. And also how the Dutch people have lost so much to the European Union that the Dutch feel vulnerable, but they're hoping for him to be the savior. That there are many... I visited my old little town where I moved when I was 16, where I kept my horses and this little village, um, very cute village. They have now issues that they never thought they would have, including these, these illegal immigrants that are 
base there nearby that are causing issues within these communities. And many people say it's racist if you talk about it, but these are real people with real issues. But it's not the, the immigrants aren't causing the issues. It's the countries that are letting them in without a decent plan that are causing issues. Because yeah. if, if they take you in and they promise you all kinds of stuff, then you just raise expectations and people get pissed off because of that. And also in America, we heard that President Biden wants to give a path to citizenship for 11 million illegal immigrants that have come here the illegal way. And it's very hard to come the legal way, but that's the only way to do it. And that's what President Trump wanted. And we saw many people from all over the world when we went to visit the immigration office. Um, they're all welcome if you come the legal way. But now Biden wants to also encourage it a little bit. We saw all these caravans coming to the border and uh, from the border with Mexico. So, because they're all hoping that he will be uh, very easy and get them I, all I would in. recommend him to first start working on getting legal immigrants granted a visa. Because I know a lot of people... I got to know a lot of people in the meantime that are waiting for years already. They thought they were doing the right thing by doing it completely legal. And there was, some are waiting for five years. Some are waiting for eight years. It's completely ridiculous. And then the people who, are, who got in here illegally, there's a big chance that they are granted a visa way before all those people. It doesn't make any sense. Exactly, but it's it's the right way to do it for any government is to first take care of its own people because all over the world, that's what they do. Every country that is run well takes care of their own people and their own cultural needs. And, um, you know, people, foreigners are welcome, but you have to adjust. But the countries that want to be, you know, like accepted by other countries, it seems like, they, they go all the way and they do things that are hurting all people, even the immigrants that come in. And I know a lot of people that are real refugees that are welcome to the Netherlands, but the Netherlands has, there's such a big burden, over 750,000 non-Western immigrants have come in under Mark Rutte, apparently. That's a lot. That's so many people and they all need a house and we are, there's already a housing crisis. So it's... Yeah, I think they're in over their head. And I think also I see some people that are, um, the you know, they're talking about that these people that actually come in, they're being placed in these houses and like, good luck with you and, um, you know, just figure it out. And that's true too. But the, the Netherlands has so many issues already that who can do it? Everybody's already dealing with so many issues problems themselves that it's another one on top of the others but it's also hypocrite because all those politicians are like come in come into our country we are welcome uh, we welcome everybody but just make sure i i i'm really not against immigrants at all but if you invite somebody in your house you have to treat them as well as possible so make sure they have a chance on a decent life don't promise them stuff that isn't true don't let people in that can and let them stay here f let them stay there for five or ten years and then say yeah but unfortunately uh, you the rules don't apply to you you have to go back you 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 cannot get a visa here it, it it's so well stupid. it's also the integration that's the issue when we visited Eindhoven again we saw 
many newcomers and they kind of looked lost. Like they were just... But why would you, if, if you are coming into a new country and people just keep you on the hook, they're like, yeah, you're probably going to get your uh, immigrant paper soon. You're going to get it soon. We don't know when, but you're, de- you're going to get it at one point. It, with that uncertainty, why the hell would you integrate? Why would you take all that time to, uh, to, to learn a new language, to learn the customs? You're not even allowed to work. You cannot do anything. Just make sure those people can work. They socialize with other people. You also just by not letting them, giving them the opportunity to work and just give, giving them shut up money, they're not going to learn the language. Yeah, I think that is, but there is, there's no, there's no people, there's no resources to do all that stuff. You see with the legal immigrants that come on a visa, you see that also in Eindhoven, they have these expat groups, they have these, um, these, these uh, nice um, places where, for instance, the Indian community comes together. And so they come legally, there's like a support group there for them and they 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 do really well and they love the city but the people that are just the refugees that but also the ones that are not refugees because some of them come from countries where they could go back and others they first went through safe countries before they came to the netherlands and maybe the netherlands is not even their end destination they want to go to england uh, it's really happening because the borders are open and many people that are very um very nice and friendly with people and would do a lot they feel like their good intentions are being ruined because the government just there it's like a tsunami of um so many people at once so many neighborhoods that suddenly changed because also these people come from cultures where maybe at 10 o'clock at night they have a celebration out on the street well the dutch people want to go to bed early they want to eat at 6 p.m and and that you see these Dutch programs with uh, the ju- judges like um, Meester Visser or others that are um, the Rijden Rechter, which is uh, the, the driving uh, judge. It's a lot of times with people that have issues with their neighbors. And of course, the Dutch neighbors, Dutch people are also always complaining about everything if they have some time on their hands about the neighbors and everything. But Just you, like what we are doing right now. Yes, but also um, some people you see that there's a change in demographic or how you say that, where it's different um, issues with neighbors. And that's something that I know because I like in the ne- in US, I like to watch these all, these Dutch programs too to keep a little bit track of what's happening in us. But it's um, if you do these things, you have to have a plan and there's no plan in the Netherlands. That's also part of Mark Rutte. But just imagine, I was thinking about it. If, if you're a an immigrant either a refugee like a legit refugee or a legal immigrant stuck in a what is that in a in a immigration camps in yeah. holland and they want you to integrate so we're only talking about the the people who have a legit reason right and they want them to integrate you integrate by socializing by speaking to people uh what are you gonna tell them like okay hi how, how was your weekend yeah yeah I couldn't do shit because I don't have a job. Don't say that word. Okay. I, I don't have a job, so I, I'm not allowed to work. So I, I didn't do all that much because I don't have any money. So, oh, and during the week? Yeah, so during the week. I don't have a job, so I don't do anything. Oh, where do you live? Yeah, I live there in that container with 50 other people. It's... Yeah, it's like they... they. Whoa. 
they don't also have um they don't have a chance so that's why you know we wouldn't go so to another country if we don't have a chance there um they don't have a fair chance either so there's something to say for both but what i'm saying is there should be a plan if you let people come into uh communities that are harmonious that are doing well you have to have a plan you can't just put people there and then be like just figure it out yourselves and then all these neighbors that are you know starting getting into issues it's you have to it's like they they're bringing problems to these people in the netherlands and other countries that they didn't ask for they just want a normal life with trying to get along with neighbors and friends and family. They just, they don't want to lock down. They don't want a curfew. They just want to have a normal life. And basically everything, everything they valued as like a nice life is being taken away. So it's very sad to see that from far away. And I'm definitely not saying that New York is doing well because it's like, um, you know, a shithole here, but it's, um, yeah, that's also why we're looking to move. But at least in America, you have different places where, governors are trying to do the right thing and you can move there there's place to move in europe it's basically everywhere the same issue so that's what i want to say on that talking about president biden so biden the media loves him 90 of media is amazing i think I, I Dirk has some media outlets uh some newspapers or like just stories that you cannot imagine cnn or others talk about Trump, because everything was bad. They couldn't even say nice thing. And even Melania or even the son, there was always a problem. But Biden, they love him. And what do they talk about? They talk about that he won Mario Kart with, uh, and he was playing Luigi. And um, what time he goes to bed? Because he's an early riser and he goes to bed early. And he loves to put logs into the fireplace in the Oval Office. So those are the stories we're getting these days. And he also had um, a, a town hall yesterday. I didn't watch the whole thing, but of course people are already talking about what he said. And you sh I encourage you to watch it and see for yourself. But the media is definitely covering up for him and uh, what they would make an outrage story with Trump. Now they don't even talk about it or it's not a big deal. So, and like here, defined by respect, empathy, and kindness toward questioners. Okay. So it's always so positive because he's the best, right? And then also Kamala Harris, where we see, we don't see her that much, but we already heard that she is taking calls. She is uh, talking to all the foreign leaders on behalf of Biden. Like, why is Biden not talking to everybody? It's weird because... Biden is the president, right? And Kamala Harris is the vice president. But she's already taking over. She's taking the calls or sh and making the calls, I should say. And um, yeah, apparently, I'll Google a little bit. They live on, she lives on the one observator observatory circle, which is a beautiful house. And apparently, the story is that Biden went skinny dipping there when he lived there as the VP. I don't want to think about it, but he says that the, the story is that he loves the pool. And um, so, yeah, I don't really watch the news that much anymore because. Um, yeah, it's just less interesting with Trump. I felt the need to correct the media, what the media was saying, um, because, you know, but that's the issue. People aren't doing that right now. They aren't doing that right now, but also I don't want to be 
I'm more of a positive person, so I want to correct when Trump, when they're lying and making something negative that's not true. I want to set the record straight so people feel more positive about Trump and not so afraid. So I don't want to really, when there's something I think is affecting me or is interesting, I will share that with you. But I just prefer to just talk more about my own experience. And what I see now is that over the past days, um, the weather is getting a little better, sunny. So it was a nice going for, it was nice to go for a walk and you see people out and you see people in restaurants because we have indoor dining again since a few days, 25%. Valentine's Day. That was the nicest, the most interesting day the past week because uh, the restaurants, they have outdoor dining available. They could do 25% indoor dining. And on Valentine's Day, they were like, have this and they packed the entire inside they packed the outside dining everything was completely filled and they, they were making money yeah and also on monday which was president's day so valentine's day was sunday and monday was president's day um there was supposed to be a little get together to support trump in new york but it was canceled otherwise uh, we would have uh, checked it out but it will be postponed to another time they did, like I said, they did do that in Florida. And I'm, the reason I'm saying this is pointing this out is because um, the news, the media will not talk about it, especially not in the Netherlands and in America. And yeah, I wanted to know, so what do you think is, what am I missing news-wise that's happened these past days? One thing I'm missing is that Rush Limbaugh just died and... I don't know much about him, but he is a legend apparently for a big part of America. But what you saw on social media was people with blue check marks that were like, yeah, great that he died. And um, the cancer took this cancer. And they are the people that say they're so tolerant were the most intolerant with this news. He won a special medal, a uh, medal of honor, one, he received it from President Trump. Melania Trump gave it to him last year. It was a nice moment. And he is a talk show host that many people grew up on, you know, for 40 years, I believe, with his very special uh, raspy voice, like Res, like you sure. He died uh, because he apparently had uh, lung cancer. But I don't know to explain how much of a legend he is, but for many Republicans and conservatives, he was, you know, they... Um, they grew up with him and he was great. And if anybody knows or wants to share a story, you can put it in the live chat so everybody can, um, you know, know what kind of person he is. And it, that's what's, uh, what I like about my live streams. I do one in Dutch and maybe I'll do more Dutch ones in the future. And I do some in English because English is the universal language. Well, still, maybe in the future I have to learn uh, Mandarin, but... Um, the Dutch people can explain to my American friends that what's happening in the Netherlands. And then my American friends can explain to everybody else in the world what's happening or what, you know, so we can learn from each other and traditions. And that's why I like, especially my English live chats. And also I speak English all the time here. So I feel like it's easier for me to do them in English for some reason, even though I sometimes forget words, but I also forget them in Dutch. 
And um, yeah, it's just all about these days. It's all about sharing information and talking to each other. And, you know, this all what's happening in government, it's not your fault. What What's happening. It's just that sometimes like in New York City, you are uh, out of luck with a bad mayor, bad mayor that if you're lucky, you have a good mayor. And then everything will be easy. But you see the place where they have a bad mayor, a lot of chaos and um, issues arise just by bad decisions. It's a really hard job to be a good president, to be a good governor and good mayor. You can do everything right. Like Governor Cuomo, he won Emmys for his daily presence on the TV, telling people what the status was. But now they discovered... Because the, his assistant, Melissa De Rosa, said that he, they were keeping numbers of nursing home fatalities, people that died. They kept it from the Trump administration because they were afraid they were going to do an investigation. And this turned out to be that, that fi- about 50% more people died in nursing homes. And then if you know that, you can maybe act accordingly but they didn't want to talk about it they hid it from the public and that's a big offense it's a big problem so many people are upset but he won an emmy he wrote a book about how good like even governor santos hasn't written a book yet i think but he wrote a book about the way he did this whole covert response and he was actually saying that he did a great job and he was always telling people that President Trump did a bad job, even though President Trump is not in charge. Every state is in charge of their own COVID response within that state. President Trump can only help. He can also just uh, roll out vaccines like he did. Also, another lie that uh, Kamala Harris and Biden keep saying. I don't know why they keep saying this, but they keep saying that when they got in, there was no... There was nothing there. There was no stockpile of vaccines. There wasn't any. But Biden got his vaccines before he came into office. I believe Kamala Harris as well. So why do you say these things? And I wonder if these fact-checking websites are going to really call it out. Like, it's a lie. It's a lie. Because so far, only a few more conservative websites have done that. But also, why the need to lie about that? President Trump had the Operation Warp Speed, which meant that he was really working fast on vaccines. Normally, it takes years to get a vaccine. They wanted it quickly, and he got it. And now they're saying, yeah, we have to start from scratch. That's what Kamala Harris said. I'm like, why do you say that? But just the media spreads that story. So people will probably think, yeah, when Trump was out of office, there was nothing there. There was no stockpile. And that's just, it can also, when you notice it, it can also make your head go crazy like why do people lie so much it's because the narrative they and the moment you realize it you have to start actively following it because then you know that a lot is propaganda and not the truth and you just i always tell people don't take my word for it do your own research watch it do research read things um i also want to hear from you what book i should read because i finished my kick-ass conservative interesting i just like to read about people that are you know in the spotlight or that are basically not spotlight but just people that are doing things differently that are not following the narrative that are doing their own thing like she was standing there on all these this is the book joy villa wrote um she was on all these premieres in that trump dress remember that make america great again and every time she did another political thing and um, I just wanted to read what her story is. And it's 
you know, um, inter it's interesting, and especially because she wrote it before the elections. You can see that she really wanted Trump to win and encouraging people to go vote for him. But the, despite that, it's still it's very relevant because that um, Trump feeling is not going to go away. In fact, Trump, the GOP, there is some... Um, they're trying, starting to align themselves a certain way. You see who are the rhinos, who are the ones that are pro-Trump, anti-Trump. And the actually the voters, a large part, like two-thirds or maybe even more, three-quarters, they think that Trump is definitely the leader of the GOP, of the Republicans. And um, it's a Trump party, basically. But you have a few people like Liz Cheney and all these governors and senators that came out against Trump, even Nikki Haley and uh, Ben Sassy, um, Kissinger, uh, Toomey, um, you know, a few Collins. They're all people are calling for primaries. They people now know who the ones are that really have Trump's back and the ones that are not. And I think that the, Lindsey Graham said the Trump movement is still is alive and kicking. It's, it's going on. And um, that's just the fact it is. It took a little time with the setback with, uh, with that they tried to do an impeachment again. He was acquitted again. It's just there are rules for that. Two-thirds of Senate has to vote for it. Not Two-thirds didn't vote for it, so he's acquitted. That's just how it works. And uh, Trump is back doing his thing. And we will hear the other court cases are still going to happen. We also heard in Georgia that there were some people arrested for some fraud and within the recent election. So there is still things happening there that you probably won't hear from the mainstream media, but... If you look for it, you'll find it. So I'm always telling people, please look for everything. I don't get any questions yet, so I will just talk to you and with Dirk. Um, if you want to support me, it would be really great, um, you know, to keep this going, to also spend all my time researching and doing these chats with you and um, in the weekends. And, you know, it takes up a lot of time. If you appreciate what I do underneath this video, there's a few ways you could help out. Also, if you're a patron, you get some extra features. PayPal is a great way. Just find whatever you feel like. And otherwise, it's already great that you're sharing videos and telling people to watch my videos so we can grow as a community with positive news and just how we see it and discuss it with everybody. Because what we see, also the people that love, for instance, the, the whole... The, the, the response the, with the virus and everything, the people that are behind all the people in office, they are very aggressive and mean. And we have to just be the ones that are going to, you know, say, you know, we're not going to engage in this behavior. When you, it says a lot about you, the way you speak, also like what happened with the people that are talking a certain way when Rush Limbaugh died. It says something about these people. And we are people that I think the ones that I, the people that I always see in the chats, people that just want to have a normal conversation and in a decent way, share our concerns and what we see happening. 
and that's just important that we that that we can you know do this together so i'm very appreciative of all the people that are did it and for some reason some um um you know with all the winter weather some sweaters but i that haven't arrived yet but they are on the way that's what i've seen and also the people that ordered mugs i saw they were easier to get um people that got them thanks so much for uh, i'm still waiting for one picture from someone who said they were going to send it but just it's nice that that you know it's nice to see my something i designed in someone else's house it's just something that i never did i was always modeling and I never created something besides that. And then you just draw something that you believe in. And then you have someone has it in their home. But I have some other designs also coming up. So it's not like this is a one-time thing. I'm now very excited to continue this. Thank you so much, Hugo, for this. Thank you, Vivo. Thank you so much for this. Your keep it up. I'm going to continue. It's, you know, we're going through a little rough time. It's cold out. It's February. People are a little defeated maybe with uh, with Trump out of office. Some people are, uh, you know, in the Netherlands with the lockdown, the curfew. Other places around the world that I hear that, that are not so happy with what's happening. We have to get through it. And the only way we can get through it is together and to keep the faith. And you already see in America that... For many people felt like when Biden was in office, oh, this is the end. This is. But someone said, I think it was Matt Couch on Twitter said something very smart. He said they targeted about six or seven big cities in, in Democrat-led um, states. So it wasn't like it was a huge, you know, they that's how Biden won. And we um that means that wherever you vote, your vote counts and you have to continue that. And you might have to, if you don't like a Democrat leader, you have, you can challenge them. So for the people that were very upset, there's still ways to, you know, learn from this and maybe play the same game as the Democrats have played. But it's, you know, if you can vote, you, you can be of influence. You don't feel like you are, um, that it's all over. It's never over. And, you know, you, you have something how you lose a battle, but you could still win the war. So it's, um, I'm trying to be some encouragement. Like I can vote in the Netherlands. I can be of influence there. So I'm definitely going to vote. I'm going to share my thoughts with people. And as a green card holder in America, I live here, I experience everything myself. So I can talk about how I feel Life is under Mayor de Blasio, how life is under President Trump, how life is under Governor Cuomo, and now President Biden. So it's just something that we have to... Um, That's always a stupid thing on social media. You, you, you were born in Holland, you live in the US, people from Holland say, shut up because you're not here anymore. People in the US say, shut up because you're not even a US citizen. So what's their deal? Yeah. Should I just not talk about anything? Well, the thing is, if you, I believe where you pay taxes, you can have a say. So, um, and where you are a and citizen. if you're not allowed to vote, you have to get your voice heard, right? Well, I can just say how it is. There's many green card holders in America that um, live here and they're part of the system and they pay taxes and they are suffering or actually enjoying a good leader or suffering from a bad leader as well, just like citizens. So 
it's um by the way i do not completely agree with that system because if you are a if, if you have a visa and you live abroad then it's it's a not it's not a permanent thing but a uh, a permanent resident card i i personally think you shouldn't be allowed to vote in uh, your home country anymore yeah, but as long as the rules are a certain way, we cannot change it. So we live by the rules. And um, if you want to change things, you should. But then again, if you, it doesn't, for instance, we live abroad the Netherlands and we still have a citizenship. And if you see the amount of um, burden and issues and problems the Dutch government has given us, even though we were just living our lives here, it's. I feel like I. I definitely want to vote to vote them out. So if I can, anything I can do because they went after me, I want that to stop. So um, if you're not, if you're not affected by anything, that's a very good one. If if they can still harass you, you should have a vote. Yeah, that's what I think. Um. Dick, thank you so much for your question. You're saying regarding Dirk's question earlier on the why of things in the Netherlands, search for tri-state city. Okay, so we're going to all look for tri-state city. Um, isn't this that they want the Netherlands to become like, um, like, I don't know if that is it, but I've heard stories that they want the Netherlands to be one big city, part of the bigger EU, EU European Union. Um, so yeah, we, we just have to talk and also whatever happens in the Netherlands, in America, it's kind of, people still have that idea that the Netherlands is a great place and they can go there for weed and, um, social system. We need a social healthcare system like it is in the Netherlands. That's what Americans say. I'm like, you have no idea. You know, I really encourage you to watch my video, the Netherlands. Um, it's somewhere in my, um, playlist and maybe if dear can find it quickly but if you don't and it's okay but it's a you know i have a little introduction to the netherlands for people outside of the netherlands that the ideas they have of this country it's still you know the people are still nice people and it's really interesting infrastructure and we do have all the flowers and the cheese and all that but if you believe that the system there's a social system and that um, you know, we all take, they take care of everybody and everybody in the Netherlands, there's no homelessness, there's no soup kitchens, there's no salvation army needed. Now you're totally wrong. There's almost 50,000 people living on the streets in this tiny country, including about 8,000 kids that don't have a home. So that's why I do it in English. I have experience in the Netherlands and I only like to talk about things that I have experience with because many people have a big mouth when it comes to a subject that they don't really know much about, but they follow the media. And I think you should only talk and really have a big mouth if you really have done your research and just choose your battles, talk about the things you know. And I have experience in America. So my Dutch friends want to hear what life is really like here because the media in the Netherlands is definitely not telling the truth. And um, the polls were not right. Yeah, Biden is in office now. Um, what happens and with Trump, everything he did the past years, and also that Biden has been doing more than 50 executive orders. I don't think you will hear that in the mainstream media in the Netherlands. So then I'm there to tell you this. 
Another thing you probably won't have heard of is that in Texas, it's extremely cold. It's the coldest it's been since 1903. They have issues with heating houses. Many people are uh, without heat. Their house, I saw videos of people that were inside their home. They were breathing out, you know, that's that, that, um, um, you know, to say that your air, just uh, that it was condensed. And this is Texas. Texas used to be like the oil capital or whatever. Like it's, but they changed it also into going green energy, like with windmills and solar panels. But when it's snowing and it's freezing, these things freeze and then they needed to defrost it with uh, helicopters and other things that need uh, fossil fuel. So nobody's talking about the green deal right now or green energy right now because it's not working in Texas. And I don't know if Biden already said something about what's happening in Texas, but for many people, it's like, see Texas, see what's happening. If you really rely only on green energy, this is what your future will be. And we are now in New York and I've had it that I came home uh, from a flight and the heater didn't work and it was super cold inside and thankfully someone could come to fix the heater but if you don't have that that's super cold and i think many people are just not uh, valuing what they have and they want everything to be better better but they don't understand that if you sometimes make certain decisions you actually lose um other things that for instance heat if you want to go all green great it sounds great but if you are experiencing an extreme um, snow season winter season you know you'll be without heating and maybe you're fine with that but the people that i saw on social media were not happy and they also didn't want that uh, you know they want just reliability this also happens in the summer in california they always have issues with electricity um, just a, unreliable when people just use too much air conditioning, then the governor has to ask people to turn it off. It's been like that. So it's also a leadership issue and America under Trump was really working towards being energy independent. They actually were energy independent and yes, fracking, I'm not a fan, but you have to sometimes, you know, living costs, it's not, you know, you can't live without uh, hurting something or uh, without a footprint, without a carbon footprint. So you have to make decisions. And President Trump chose the decision to not be relying on energy from other countries and other continents with all those ships uh, that have to um, make, uh, you know, travel that distance, which is a lot of uh, extra energy that is not needed if you keep it in your own country. That's also why they wanted the Keystone Pipeline. So those trucks don't have to uh, go back and forth all the time it saves energy that way so sometimes it looks first like it's a bad decision but if you look at the bigger picture it maybe is the best decision and america is big so if you do some fracking here and there it won't affect as much as for instance when you do it in the netherlands where it's a small country a lot of people living together and if the water supply gets uh, ruined with toxic toxins then there's nowhere else to move really well in america you have more spread out areas where you can go to so it's a different country and um yeah so texas is you know it's cold it's a cold season and i think many people cannot wait for march april when everything is going to be better um you feel in new york people just 
Yeah, they're trying to make the best of it, but everybody is kind of fed up. And can you imagine that if they added also a lockdown, a curfew here, they wouldn't accept that. For my American friends watching now, do you think that that the Americans would accept an everyday lockdown curfew? What do you think? I don't think they want to do that. And... Um, I see also people from uh, Texas that are dealing with it. Well, there are some actually blue cities in Texas that, you know, got more involved into green energy while most of Texas is still red. But, you know, it's, it's just a thing. If you, if you become more blue in America, more blue areas, they tend to go more towards progressive ideas that sometimes um, bite you in the ass in the end. So it's... Yeah, sometimes you just have to be conservative of a few things and just build from there. But here they kind of want to give up certain things like energy, um, uh, energy, they say that. Um, independence. Yeah. And it's better to be energy independent and then work from there and add some things and work with it. But also that they want all these electric cars and just get rid of all the other cars. It's just, it's not reliable yet. It's not, we don't know enough. It's also the way they're built. It's not maybe the best for the environment. It's 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 always a problem if they go extreme. Just be normal and just change a little bit at a time. But sometimes they want to change so quickly and it's overwhelming for many people. By the way, that whole tri-state city sounds like a really, really bad idea. So it was what I was saying that they want a super city. Yeah, a super city with a part of like seeing Holland as one big city, and then add a part of Germany and add a part of uh, Belgium, so it's one big city hub. Yeah, this is what I was thinking. But the the reason they're like yeah because big cities uh, there are more people moving to big cities and uh, we cannot compete with them anymore, so we should present ourselves as one big city. And then they compare themselves like if if you see Holland as one big city, we we are as uh, between Moscow and uh, Dhaka. Maybe they should visit those places and see how amazing it is over there. Yeah. But when we are a tri-state city, we can compare ourselves to Jakarta and Delhi. Yeah. Go there. Please yeah. go there and see how amazing those cities are. The only reason why people are moving out of cities is because they cannot get a decent job in small towns anymore because they ruined it for them. Yeah, it's all about the big cities and not small ones. Thank you so much, Dirk. You're saying thanks, Dirk, for showing that. Um, this is what I was... I never saw it like this, so it's nice that we can see now this website to uh, go on there um, to read more up on it because New York City is a big city. It's very big. If you also drive an hour or two hours, just like uh, in Netherlands, you can drive for two hours and you're out of the country or three hours. And here it's the same that New York City is a big thing, but New York City grew naturally. I think everything that's artificially done, it becomes a problem at one point. Same with the green energy I just said, talking about when they push it too far, then you find tr trouble at one point and also it's just so but who are left in new york city we've talked about that before they're very rich people and poor people both vote democrat because the rich people want to be protected the poor people want free money 
it, a, a big city is not the there it's, We're a little it's not bit the outcast. best mix of great people. No, and, and we are also a little bit outcast because um, we consider more, we're more like small business owners. And um, so the people we still have, have contact here with, it's not the rich people, the, the young kids that have expensive apartments, it's more the local artists that have lived here since the 70s. So we have more uh, older friends and the younger friends, they move out to villages because, you know, New York City... Um, like the past weeks, we haven't had the garbage being picked up. Uh, they're, of course, complaining about that today. It's um, it's just these basic things that, that is nice for good living is clean sidewalk stuff. And New York City always has issue with it. But when all the people are together, we love it. But basically everything that's nice about New York City, the restaurants, the, the theaters, all that has been closed so many months and years. So it doesn't, It's we're just still here because we have a nice we love our place. It's a creative space, but everything else, we could have been anywhere else. It's just that now we're still here and I own it. So I'm kind of stuck. Otherwise I would have already moved somewhere else, but you but know, this whole tri-state thing, tri-city, tri-state city thing only hooks into my theory about capitalism, that capitalism is only sustainable with really strong local economies. And this is about centralization so I think it's a really, really bad idea. Capitalism isn't built for that. It's it wasn't designed for that. So they they need to change the system if they want to make this work because else a lot of people are going to be left behind, in my opinion. Yes, capitalism only works for local communities and local business. No, for strong local economies. Yes, that are separated by. The, uh, it used to be separated by the cost of transportation. So you would, there would be a lot of local heroes all around the country, uh, but not like one big supermarket chain, one big burger chain, one, f- uh, what is it? Me- meat is almost centralized here in the US. Uh, you have Amazon. It, it, it wasn't designed for, glo- for a global, uh, global society. Do you have any recommendations for a book to read on this? Yes. People should read The Capitalist Bible, The Wealth of Nations. It's a very boring, thick book by Adam Smith. And I think by many people it's considered The Capitalist Bible. It's the sort of the foundation of capitalism. But that guy lived a long time ago. And the, the world looked way different. But there are some really controversial things in there that really apply now. For example, uh, what happens that the market is completely self-regulating because if there are no jobs, people cannot make money. So you have a lot of unemployment, but a lot of unemployment will be fixed automatically because if people don't have a job, they don't make money, they cannot buy food, and they will eventually die off. That was one of the craziest things in that book. That's you always, still the foundation. Yeah, you always talk about that book. When we talk, have discussions, you always bring up something. So that's a, a book that uh, we can recommend or for people to... I didn't read it yet. I read more about Or listen people. to it because it's a lot. It's a lot. Can you listen to it? They have audiobooks? Yeah, back then they didn't, but now they created it. They turned it into an audiobook. Yeah, so Dirk is more about technical books and 
people that go very deep into how a society works. I like to read more about true stories of a life of someone. Um, no, I don't like fiction. Um, it's more about, I want to hear not even successes. I also want to read about people's struggles to learn from it, but I just want to hear, read either history or, um, books of, you know, autobiographies or biographies. And, um, so we're a mix. We, uh, this way we continue. I think it's very important for people to keep reading, whether it's yeah, online, you can get a subscription to, for instance, Epoch Times or, you know, newspapers or that have more, um, in-depth, um, I'm just calling out a name. I'm not, I'm not even uh, subscribed there, but just something that has more in-depth, um, stories that makes you think, because I never say you should read this to believe what it says. I just want to you to read it, to think yourself, how do I feel about it? Not what other people feel but how you feel and i think this is also a society where we are more worried about what other people think and if someone has a lot of followers and that person must be a good person and have an interesting story um i think you should maybe some people that don't have that many followers are the ones that you actually love listening to or have this interesting thing that that matches your interests so i I never really look at someone's following count, just someone that triggers me that I want to just read where did this person come from? What was the story? Um, I think, yeah, society is too much about... This is really the plan, then we should buy some real estate in Amsterdam and go live somewhere in the middle of nowhere because then you can be completely self-sustainable because the prices will go through the roof if they if they can pull this off. And I do not want to be in the middle of that. So we're going to, I think we have to look in really small towns. I'm, uh, I'm done. Yeah. And, and people want to live in a city when it's all fine. But you also notice, we saw that here. Some people had a second home in New York City. We don't. So we are stuck at our home. Um, but I mean, outside of the city, we have no place where we can just drive to. And many of my friends do. And the moment this happened, they all went straight to their second homes and they stayed there for a while, but it's very boring. You, they don't have any real contact with neighbors. So they're longing for the city. And some were like, yeah, I've been here and I go crazy. Just the silence and no friends. And we noticed many people have been returning. Some have been away for more than a year. They only come here when they have to vote or get a vaccine. Many Americans, I noticed that they really want to get vaccinated. Okay, you know, you, it's it's and some don't, but you just see that people, when situation is bad, they all leave the city. But then when it seems to, when that takes too long, they all want to go back to the city. I think there's there's really a lot of people that just need that social scene. They need to be together, walk the streets you know, just be with people and other people can be just great by themselves. I think I'm more of a person that can be doing fine, just in solitary, um, situation, just somewhere on a farm with Bane and Dirk, you can come too, but, uh, just growing vegetables and, um, you know, I think I would do fine because I like, you know, some alone time is great too. And other people need 
the whole time to be with people, fear of missing out, need to go to the theater. They feel like I'm only living once and I need to go do all these things. And that's also what's great that there's so many different kinds of people. And um, yeah, so that was a, is a little bit what's going on. Is there anything else you want to talk about or that you think we missed? I always, at the end, just see what is uh, what people are talking about. Let's see some... What are we going to have for dinner? I'm making um, chili. Nice. Yes, I'm trying to cook as much myself, so uh, it also saves in costs. But, you know, it's uh, I'm trying to do these live streams and I'm trying to be a good housewife and it's sometimes a little bit, a lot of work. We're super responsible. We walk to the grocery store, to the butcher. We only buy local. We barely ever drive our car. We don't have children. That's a big one. I saw that the wife of Casey Neistat, who is a big YouTuber, she's also, they also had, um, we were a little bit inspired by them because they had this podcast together and they talked about relationships more. And, uh, but yesterday she had this thing, she has two kids and she's like, I never want to give them up. But basically I totally understand now why there are women that don't want to have children. Um, and it's totally fine. I totally get it because I kind of had to give up my whole life and everything I liked. So, and then people under, under that comment were saying, yes, this, this case should be said more because um, it's both fine. And we're in a society these days where you can only have one thing and you have to have children and you have to have, but maybe some people only become like, uh, I saw a Dutch uh, DJ Tiesto. He became a father, father when he was 51 or something. He just got married last year or two years ago. So sometimes, you know, you never know what your life is going to be like. Yeah, but there, the age difference is the other way around over there. Yeah, well, he has a younger wife, but I'm just saying I'm, I'm that... I'm not 14, by the way. <laughs> no, no, well, we're, we're, all, we're very close <laughs> to ages, but it's just that uh, you never know what life is going to bring, and it's just good that people are going to... We should all be just more relaxed and see what life brings us. It's just be active, do things every day, like study, read books, talk to interesting people. Okay, one more thing. Yes. MJR Van Thor asks, Lonneke, is Bill Gates buying water? If you want to uh, know a little bit about that, you should Google T. Boone Pickens. He was in, uh, what is it? So, uh, he was in oil before. and I So T. B-O-O-N-E? I think Pickens? so. Okay. And he, he was buying water reserves. He's buying water reserves for years already, as far as I know, because he thinks water will be the new oil. So it wouldn't surprise me that other people are also buying water reserves. But it's a re really scary thing because I think it should be uh, probably good. Yeah. I've heard this before that this the CEO of that's a story I don't know if it's true but that the CEO of Nestle said that water shouldn't be just a uh, common good for everybody it's you know only people with money can should be able to get it which is crazy but you know they're polluting many natural water resources and natural the stuff we get out of the water here is, it tastes like swimming pool I do not want chloride in my water i do not want fluoride in my water i want water water if yeah. you pay for clean water 
it's give me all, water. Yeah, I'm and not. it's also, it's not even that. It's also that uh, sometimes you buy bottled water and it's very, um, um, like, has a high or low pH that it's um, acidic. So you want a more alkaline. But it's a good thing. Someone said, do you want to... Um, do you have any things for off-grid living? Well, I always Google uh, tiny house movement or tiny houses. I love watching those videos of people building it. And um, when we're going to move and we'll find a piece of land in a house, I would love to take you on. Dirk is going to make everything. I already know that. He has all the tools, thanks to a friend. He has all the tools to build stuff and he's been building stuff here already, but then he has more space. And then I like all the other things like organizing, painting, growing vegetables, stuff. So that's going to be exciting. It just says no, the no. water in Holland, so the water in Holland, there's something better in Holland, water. But we heard a little something about water. We don't know what, but there's no. It's just it's just water. It's just you don't know what's you don't know what is coming out of the tap. So, so be careful with Dutch water as well. Yeah, just you know, do a test yourself. Someone did that. They moved from New York to Rotterdam and they tested the water, and it was worse than the water they drank in New York. So you don't know. There's certain areas. It's the way you don't know. You have to just be a little more conscious what you drink, what you eat, what, you know, it's just uh, the more you learn and look into it, the more you find things you're like, but don't go crazy either because some people want to be all like extreme. And I've been there. So I can tell you it's no fun. It takes out all the joy in your life. You never think you're doing anything good. Um, you always think you don't do enough. So any little thing you do to make your life better and your family's and friends' life better, it's great. But don't be stuck up on it. Don't be too tough on yourself when um, just every little bit helps to live a better life and also be, you know, make yourself more financially independent and eat better food and live a nicer life. But extreme extremism is not what we aim for we aim for an organ organic life that's nice organize your life in an organic nice way that's what we're aiming for here so i'll keep you posted thank you so much everybody for watching i'm gonna go cook and um and i'm gonna go eat yeah you're gonna go eat but also we're going to keep talking about these things it's interesting and i just want to you know you have to be prepared for the worst i saw someone sending a last notice a message i think it was retracted about that the texas people need to buy a generator but it's really you have to think what got, what's going to happen if the electricity uh it can happen anywhere anytime it's not you know nothing is 100 percent reliable so you have to always prepare for the worst and hope for the best that's how I see life. Just prepare for the worst, hope for the best, and work hard and fight for your rights. Thank you so much, guys. Have a good rest of your week. Bye-bye.